Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first episode of the Raptors 2K podcast brought to you by Uber Eats. I am Phil Visu. I am a former host of the NBA 2K League, uh, turned current streamer and content creator, and also decided, you know what? It's time to link up with one of my boys from the past. I'm talking to my man Shane right across from me. Shane, talk to me, baby. How you doing? Good, Phil, man. Thanks for doing this with us. I really appreciate you. That is no no problem, bro. I think it was pretty easy for me to agree to do this because one, I still love 2K and two, I've always been a fan of you. So I was like, we can link up and do something for fun. Let's make it hot. Okay, well, we're going to address the elephant in the room right off the top then. So he says oh. that and, and and our history <laughs> goes back. Our history goes back. I will I will admit. So uh, in season one of the 2K League, you guys you know, who, who've been following since back then will know Phil was uh, our desk host. He was doing a bunch of stuff on the broadcast as we were kind of figuring it out. And, yes, um, and, and so we became buddies and he was always hitting all the managers of the teams up for gear. So I got him some Raptors Uprising gear. You were one of the only ones, Phil, that I went to the trouble to stuff my carry-on with gear and bring to the studio, studio with you. And we started we're following each man. other. And, and I saw you were, uh, you were a big personality in the Smash Brothers scene. And uh, you were hilarious on Twitter. And then you followed me. It's pretty early in my uh, Twitter esports history. And, uh, and I thought, oh, man, I was so proud. This is my funniest follower for sure. And then at some point, you unfollowed me. And since then, yes. I've been chasing you in Twitch chat to follow me back. So for the 2K League Twitch regulars, uh, you may know Phil and I because I'm always bugging him to follow me back in Twitch chat. We're about to do 10 episodes of a podcast series together. Uh, and we really haven't spent a lot of time chatting with one another, even though we've crossed paths over the years. And again, goes back to season one of the 2K League. So maybe by the end of the podcast, I will have earned the follow back. I want to say something real quick about that, that a lot, a lot of people know. There was a time, I think it was in, C it was either at the end of season one or season two, I can't quite remember. But me, I told Dirk, I'm walking off the set, I'm done here. Just kind of messing around and trolling. So I actually went on my Twitter and at the time, I unfollowed like all the teams, all the personnel, and I just didn't follow everybody back. You're just a victim of my bad trolling. So Shane, Sounds by the like end excuses. of this, maybe we can put it back together. We'll see how it goes. Sounds like excuses to me. Well, oh, listen, uh, so Phil is the pro here. Phil has uh, all kinds of professional hosting experience. Uh, I just pretend uh, to do that sometimes in the Raptors Uprising content. So I'm the amateur, and I realized that after you did your intro, I didn't even introduce myself. So I'm director of esports at uh, MLSE and uh, oversee our esports programs, including Raptors Uprising, which is the Toronto Raptors affiliate in the NBA 2K League. And as you may have picked up on from the last story, I've been doing this since season one. We're now in the fourth season of the league. And I'll tell a little bit of the background here. So um, you know, we do a lot of content. Anyone who follows Raptors Uprising will know we, we produce a lot of content. We tell the stories of our team pretty thoroughly in a lot of different formats. Um, and so when we sat down with Uber Eats, you know, we, we really started talking about what haven't we done yet. And, um, you know, we have one kind of long form series called North Code. It's our docu-series. It tells the story of each of our seasons across 10-minute episodes. It's six 10-minute episodes per season, so in one hour. Um, but with this series, I think we're going to be able to even take a further step back or, or perhaps the way you look at it is deeper into some of those stories because we've got a longer format here where we can tell them. And then the plan is obviously to take these things and chop them up into smaller bits that we can share with you for wider distribution on social. So the point is, is I really needed some help. I needed a pro, someone with some personality and experience like my man Phil here. And then I was watching a broadcast like, I don't know, a month ago or so, Phil, when I DM'd you and I saw that you were still yeah. keeping up with the league. You were still in Twitch chat. And I thought, okay, you know, there's a very small circle of people who have experience in the 2K league and experience doing what you do. Uh, that could fit this mold. And so we started chatting about this and I was so glad you agreed to do it with me. 
it was it was an easy it was an easy uh okay for me personally now obviously i i've been keeping up with the league i i haven't to the extent that i used to because i don't work there anymore you know what i'm saying but obviously i still uh very much so enjoy the content the players i'm still investing in a lot of people especially like the ogs uh which a couple of them i heard shane might be stopping by on the later half of this first episode well spoilers yeah, out so, there for uh, the people We'll have uh, the three of the original Still Trill cast who are now Raptors Uprising teammates. We'll talk a little bit about the trade we did earlier this year that, that kind of brought that trio together again. But uh, we'll have Kenny Got Work, Dimes, and Timely Cook uh, from the NBA 2K League coming on uh, after we do a little bit of upfront. So we're going to, you know, each of these episodes, Phil and I will kind of kick it off. We'll talk about State of the League stuff. Uh, you know, I've, I've, promised everyone who I've spoken to about this podcast, this is not just going to be a Raptors Uprising podcast. We're not just here, you know, uh, you know, focused on uh, on team propaganda. We're going to tell the stories. We're going to bring on guests. We're going to bring on ex-players. <laughs> we really want it to be about the league and not just and not just our team. So, Which is perfectly fine. But we have a lot to do. I don't feel like I want to do it on an empty stomach. Do you have a solution to that, Shane? How we could avoid that problem? That's why we pay him the big bucks. That's why we brought the brought the pro on. Uh, so everyone, this new podcast series would not be possible without our friends at Uber Eats. And so we're going to kick off every episode uh, by ordering something. Uh, to, so so and, then, and then the end of the show will come when our food arrives. What are you having today, right. Phil? You got anything in mind? Well, I already had this prep because I knew this was coming. Okay, so I'm. Some of you guys might not know. I relocated to California. Okay, I'm on that West Coast stuff now. So I ordered some sushi. Love it. Atta boy. And, and we were just Delicious. chatting before this. I saw uh, you've gone on like a health and fitness kick. So sushi, make sure you yeah. get your proteins in you. I decided it was time to, I, you know what? The pandemic is so unfortunate. It's affected so many things. But I decided to at least take advantage of the fact that I got a lot of extra time in myself. I'm going to do something positive. And I chose weight loss. And it's been it's been fantastic. It's, it's, it's definitely changed my life for the better. And I appreciate it, you noticing uh, that too. It makes you feel so good, doesn't it? It's it's one of those things where when I go into a rut and I forget to work out, I know that what will get me out of it is working out. But it's like, mm-hmm. I feel like working out has momentum in both directions. When you're doing it, it's easy to do. And when you stop doing it, it's hard to get get going again, you know? You just gotta, it's, it's, it's just, you just gotta, it's, it's almost like, like, you know, playing to an extent, like, you know, practicing, like, you just know, like, at the end of the day, like, it's needed, it's necessary, and you're going to feel great afterwards. So you just got to find a little bit of motivation and you know how far it's going to go. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, and that's a good segue. So I was telling Phil uh, just to wake myself up. We've had a busy week. So, um, you know, from a, a, a NBA 2K League season timeline perspective, we just finished our last regular season game with the guys on Wednesday. Uh, we're mm-hmm. heading into the ticket tournament next week um, with, uh, you know, which is the wild card tournament, which is our chance to to uh, get into the playoffs because our season started off rough. And uh, we'll tell those stories, you know, shortly. But uh, this week's been been crazy. And so I told Phil before I, I uh, got on here that I went out for a run and this is my first time ever having a ring light on my face as well at my desk and i feel like i'm just <laughs> sweating buckets so uh is maybe nerves as uh, my first time ex- you know co-hosting a podcast and maybe it's the run and i should have taken a longer cold shower after this but i'll uh use that to make excuses for myself if you see a glisten to those of you watching this uh, on youtube or in any of the video formats that we'll be releasing it in well phil i'm i'm getting jerk chicken uh this is one of my favorite spots i order it probably once a week on uber eats it's also close and around the corner uh, which means it gets here pretty quickly my girlfriend's out with the car today so i wouldn't be able to go myself and so that's where uber eats is so helpful and convenient i am a regular and i am also a subscriber of the uber past when you use uber eats as frequently as i do that uber past 
class really comes in handy, reduces your delivery fees and service fees. Um, and then oh, that wow. gives me a little bit more budget to tip the driver, which always makes me feel good as well. I did not know that was a thing. I'm glad I've been informed because I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes I'm a little lazy myself. I'm going to have to look into that. Shane, you well, sold again, me. First episode, you already <laughs> sold me. Crazy. That's why they pay me the big bucks. Uh, yeah. So again, shout out Uber Eats. Uh, I love that they were willing to uh, embrace, you know, embrace this concept and, and go on this journey with us. It's a format of content that I'm really a big fan of. I listen to a lot of podcasts myself, and uh, I think it's a great way for us to tell the stories of the league again in a really free flowing and, and kind of comfortable manner. So, Phil, um, I think that we should let those listeners who are going to listen to the full length episodes uh, know a little bit more about us, right? I think mm -hmm. there are, uh, you know, th those, those of you who have been following us since the 2K League, it's one thing, but uh, there are stories behind our careers. Uh, I'll, I'll let you kick it off, I guess. Um, you know, to talk to the people, how, how did you get into gaming and esports? When did this whole thing begin for you? Uh, I mean, I've always been a fan of video games. I mean, I think anybody can, you know, anybody who's listening to this probably can can relate to that. But competitive wise, for me, it was like 2006, seven. I started playing a lot of Super Smash Bros. Uh, and like, we just wanted to kind of learn more. And I remember like, obviously the internet wasn't what it was today. So the tools and the resources and the, and the connections were not uh, as readily available but nonetheless there was a website uh you know dedicated to smash and i got on there and i found this competitive scene uh, and lo and behold i went to a tournament absolutely got stomped so this <laughs> at the time ignited I'm my lying. competitive yeah it did it, it ignited my competitive fervor or whatever you want to call it and i just wanted to learn more and more and you know it's interesting i never thought i'd, I'd turn uh, being you know a competitive smash bros player because i was pretty good back in the day into a career but what ended up happening was i got hurt at an event one time right like, I don't know, something was wrong with my wrist. It just felt weird. I got, I went 02, I was out and there was a mic because this is at the time where they had just started streaming events, you know, Justin TV, aka Twitch just became on the rise. And I was like, well, you know, I think I'm funny. You know, I, people like me. So I sat down, I commentated and I commentated for like seven hours straight, like seven hours straight, like just unconsciously, like different partners the whole time. Right. And so we swirl right around to YouTube. Right. So I just go ahead and I check the YouTube comments. Like, I don't know, a week later, people are like, man, this guy's hilarious. He's a, he's a jerk, but he's hilarious. I'm like, well, that, that describes me pretty well. You know what I'm saying? So I just, I ran with that and I just got deeper and deeper into esports as it bloomed. And then I saw the announcement uh, for the NBA 2K league. One of my friends actually added me on Twitter and I was like, damn dude, like I love basketball. Like I'm not the greatest at 2K. It's something we play at the favorite union. You know what I'm saying? Just because everybody likes to talk smack. But I was like, I really want to get in on this. So I shot my shot, multiple ads at people, multiple DMs, and finally somebody responded, gave me a chance, and I ended up sitting uh, in the commentator seat in season one next to Scott Cole. I had no business being there. I will say that right now. I had no business being there. It should have been Dirk. So I remember when I had to miss week four, that's when Dirk got to commentate, and I was like, yes, Dirk is godlike at this. Let him do it. Let me host, because I think I'm godlike at hosting, and going forward like, from there, it was beautiful. And we had a great two seasons together, obviously, uh, because of like, you know, the pandemic that took place. Third season didn't come about. And um, I'd love to get back. I'm, I am going to reach out for season five because I would love to get back more involved. Uh, and that's why I was so elated that uh, you reached out to me, Shane, for the Raptors 2K podcast. Um, and yeah, that's just what I'm doing right now, baby. I'm just chilling, waiting, biding my time because I'll be back. 
That's great. Yeah, I remember that season one. Um, and and you know, again, you're a trooper, man. You were uh, you were willing to do whatever job they asked you to do, of course. Absolutely. Uh, and I and and I was aware of Dirk because you know when I came into this, I knew nothing about NBA 2K either. Honestly, I have a, a you know gaming background. I'll walk you through that story in a second here. But um, when I came into it, you know, I saw the the job opportunity at Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment here, and uh, I just immediately started doing a deep dive into whatever I could find. And the truth is, what was so shocking was that the NBA 2K esports scene was so nascent at the time there was so little going on you know it was pretty small directory on twitch and uh i caught a uh, a pro-am game and dimes was in it um mm -hmm. dev goss was in it uh, it was their two teams playing each other and rico and dirk were casting it and uh, i saw i spotted dirk's talent right away it was it was dirk's ability to kind of pull back the layers of the onion that kind of exposed for me the depths of the game because i really didn't know you know how how competitive is 2k can this be an esport you know i've got you know i was a bit of a, a snob growing up for counter-strike i kind of thought no other game mattered other than counter-strike mm. you know especially in the first person shooter genre we'll talk again a little bit about that in a second um but no that that was you know you, you're right you know you were so natural on the desk and you were hilarious and you were such a great you know welcoming uh, face and voice you, uh, when the show opened and then dirk just had that depth of knowledge in game so he was clearly the right kind of you know, color commentary duo for for Scott back then. So you guys figured it out pretty well. It'd be awesome to see you back in the league again. It's just nice seeing you in Twitch chat, knowing you still follow it just because you're a fan of it. I am. So I'll do the same. I'll tell the origin story a little bit. Um, so for me, again, I told you already, Counter-Strike was it for me. I, I grew up, I was like a big uh, action movies guy and running around my neighborhood playing cops and robbers and stuff like that. And when video games started coming out, like GoldenEye on N64, I started seeing the potential. And I, and I immediately thought, okay, when I'm old, you know, this stuff's going to be crazy. I'm going to be able to like live out all my my action adventure fantasies in in what will be at that point probably much more realistic video games. And um, and so I started trying to like find that simulation that I, you know, was craving and, you know, definitely GoldenEye wasn't it. Um, eventually I found a game called Perfect Dark. I don't know if you remember that one, um, but Perfect Dark had the ability to put you into, uh, you know, servers with bots. And so you could load the server up with bots and kind of run around and it felt like you're playing more of like a competitive game. But what I really was mm. craving was online gaming. And then uh, one day I went over to my best buddy's place. His older brother had just started playing Counter-Strike. So this was 99, like beta Counter-Strike. Um, oh my goodness. Like one, one, what was it, 1.1 or even before that, I guess. And, uh, and I remember when I saw it, you know, I remember the exact first frames I saw and it was like, um, I had an out-of-body experience. Like my brain clicked. I'm like, I knew right away he was playing online against other people, even though I had never seen online gaming before. And it was mm -hmm. what I'd been kind of envisioning. So from that point on, you know, Counter-Strike and I were like attached at the hip. We we would pay his older brother. We weren't really close. It was kind of like he kept his distance from us. Didn't want to know much about us, but he would charge us $5 an hour to play games. And so we'd give him 10 bucks. He'd go out for two hours. He'd come back. If we had more money, let us play. If not, he didn't. So it was kind of like I was getting these little tastes of it, but I never really got to fully start playing it. And I remember asking him, you know, what do I need to get this set up at home? And, you know, I don't remember what he said at the time, but it was way beyond my budget. I only had birthday and Christmas wow. really to, to get these things. Um, and so I kind of like, I kind of, you know, walked away from Counter-Strike at that point. And then, you know, fast forward nine months, having a sleepover with a buddy, he's playing some MMO. And uh, I was kind of like falling asleep, really wasn't into it. And then he's like, oh, I have this other game, Counter-Strike. And uh, he's like, you want to play that? And from that point on, it was like a shock under Red Bull. It was just uh, an all-night gaming <laughs> session. And uh, the next week, he told me he could come over and, and get it installed on my computer. Uh, and, and you know, I remember that experience vividly, too. He brought over the burnt copy of Half-Life. He had the CD key generator. I felt like we were hackers. I'd never seen anyone navigate a file directory on a computer before. 
And the funny thing is, is that that whole thing came full circle because then I became the computer guy. And when I was getting out of school, uh, one of the guys from my neighborhood whose computer I used to go reformat for him, you know, not complicated stuff, but only stuff I knew how to do because I'd gotten into PC gaming, at, you know, so early. Um, and he hit me up to be a sales guy for his new software company. And that start, kickstarted a career in tech. And then there was some tech companies in esports that had been, you know, fundraising out in California and Seattle. And I ended up getting a gig in Seattle at a, at a esports wagering company. Um, and then that got me connected to Luminosity Gaming. And I eventually joined Luminosity Gaming as COO and uh, was with them for a little while. And then I saw what was happening in the industry. And I saw that all of the esports teams were merging with getting acquired by the traditional sports teams. And in some cases, yep. the traditional sports teams were just making the big investments in the space. And I thought to myself, okay, we got to try to get attached to MLSE. And actually, I think we can say this. I don't think it's uh, too secret, but we were very interested at the time that I was at Luminosity in the Toronto Overwatch League franchise. And we were talking to one of the major entertainment companies here, and they were kind of connected to MLSE. Uh, you'll probably remember that story, though. This was before the first deal. This was before the Boston deal came out and the price tag was known. Uh, and at that point, we were really <laughs> just uh, like we, we were kind of sizing it up compared to League of Legends. Right. Right. So right, we right. were putting this like offer together on paper and we were going running around trying to find investors and being like, here's what we're going to offer and how we're going to do it. Um, and then reality set when uh, the buy in of 20 million U.S. for that first franchise kind of came out and we had to kind of go in another direction. So yeah, that, that's generally a lot of paper. Not gonna lie to you. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, that... I, even, I remember even hearing about like some of the some of the price tags on stuff, and I was like, "So th this is, this is esports, not just sports. Like people are really funneling this kind of money into like that. At least at the very least, is belief, right? Like." Yeah, I was super excited when Overwatch League came out and had all these yeah. sports teams, you know, investing in it. I thought that was just awesome for the scene Nuts. and. Yeah, that's anyway. That's what put it on there on on my radar. So you know, at that point, I put a job alert on uh, Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment's career page, and then one night, I remember vividly, like two in the morning, I couldn't sleep. My email lit up, and it was a uh, job alert had pinged, and they had posted their esports role, and uh, I applied. I probably was the first person to apply. I think my my resume was in by four a.m. that morning, and uh, oh, you know, a month later, I chased them a little bit. You know, as you always have to do. Two weeks, I didn't hear anything, and then I went and stalked the executive who. Uh, who was responsible for the new esports department at a talk he was doing on esports, you know, put my suit on and printed out my resume and uh, just wanted to go and make sure they hadn't missed me in the, in the application process, being the first guy in line. And he mm -hmm. introduced me that day to uh, my uh, eventual and current boss, Sumit. And uh, yeah, that's kind of how the whole, whole process went along. I remember my last bit of detail on this uh, is my, I remember my final interview, I went in and it was like uh, American Idol. I was in the middle of a room at a chair and there were six people at a table looking at me. One of them, my current boss and like our digital guy at the time, uh, our, our, our kind of global partnerships guy. And then they had a dude from the NBA 2K League who was here, just happened to be in town that day. And uh, so they said, you'll come check out this interview. And, you know, thankfully, this is a, a bit of a story in networking with, you know, for all you folks listening when i was in seattle working at that esports tech company i met a guy named francis there and francis was doing digital social stuff for us and when the mb and he was from from australia and he was a huge nba fan and you know we were 
that was very clear uh, from getting to know him. And so when the NBA 2K League got announced, I actually pinged it to him and I was like, hey, dude, like this could be a good fit for you in the industry. Maybe you should check out the the gig. And he ended up getting hired as head of social at the 2K League. Wow, that's Francis's origin. I didn't know that. Okay. And I had no idea uh, at the time that I was going to gun for a Raptors Uprising gig. And so at the end of the interview, which I remember it went pretty well, uh, but at the end of the interview, that Suma told me when he hired me that they called Francis right then and there and were like, hey, should we hire this guy? And he was like, absolutely. And uh, I remember I put pressure on them because it was just before Christmas and they told me they weren't going to get back to me till after Christmas. And uh, I said, guys, like, you can't leave me hanging all holidays. I'm not even going to be able to enjoy them. And sure enough, Friday night, like 6 p.m. on the 23rd, Suma called me and told me I got the gig. And that's kind of what kicked this whole thing off. Wow. There you go. It's kind of crazy what just... And that's and that is a great. I'm glad you the way you uh, phrased that and went into such detail because I'm telling you, show companies that you're interested, hound them. It's not about going over the top. It's about showing enthusiasm and interest so they know. Like you even said, you're the first guy in line, and you still went the extra effort to make sure that they knew you were about it, man. That's that's what I love to hear. Yeah, I give that advice too. You know, I think um, in my role, a lot of people reach out and ask, how do I get a gig in esports? It's this thing everyone wants to do. And, you know, opportunities are starting to come, but it's still yeah. few and far between, right? It's still not quite as mature, or, you know, big as the sport, traditional sports scene, obviously. And I give them that exact advice, like do those extra thing, go the extra mile, know yourself, like, you know, know what your strengths and weaknesses are and pursue gigs that are going to actually play to your strengths and weaknesses. Like the last thing you want to do is kind of lie to yourself and go into something that you're not actually going to be good exactly. at. Right. Um, you know, when I got that gig in, in Seattle, it was kind of the same thing. I couldn't get their attention. I was trying, trying. I actually, here, okay, here's another story. And, and Phil, you're the pro here. So you got to keep me on track and on time. I'm okay. a tangents guy and I, and I talk a mile a minute. So, so if I'm going too deep, you let me know, but you know, back to that I Seattle company. Um, when I was trying to get the gig there, I had this tech background and I knew esports because again, I'd been involved in online gaming, you know, with Counter-Strike since like 99. So I knew it inside and out. I'd watched the whole scene develop, um, but I didn't have any really relevant experience. So I remember I reached out to Luminosity Gaming. I read, uh, it was like their first month or two of operations and I read a press release and the name of the CEO was a name I recognized from growing up. I'd actually gone to elementary school with him. We weren't super close, but we were in the same class in grade six. And I just hit him up and I said, here's my, my background, my resume. I'm trying to get this gig out in Seattle. Or at the time, there was another company in California I was pursuing. Uh, any chance I could you know, get some experience with you? I'll volunteer, whatever it is. And at this point, I'm like eight years into a tech career, you know, and I, sure. I wasn't really lo- looking for anything. I just wanted experience. So he tells me I can come to the ESWC, the Electronic Sports World Cup in Montreal in a month uh, if I wanted to, if I could pay my own way there. And so I did. I got there. He got me, you know, the uh, the team pass. And for me, it was like it was like the, the weekend that convinced me I needed to get into the space because all of my old, you know, my favorite Counter-Strike players, like I remember all the French Counter-Strike players. I saw Simple when he was on, uh, what was the team? Like it was either Flipside or Hellraisers or something back then. And he went nuts after they like, you know, got beat out of the tournament and said he'll never play with them again. And he stormed out front. I remember I was like right there in the front of the building when that happened, you know, hanging out oh, with no. Anders and Semler and uh, Get Right in Forest. It was, it was awesome. Um, and so that was kind of the weekend that, that that got it going for me. And so I did that to kind of get the experience. And then I sent in my resume like nine times, never heard back. And then eventually I was following the founders of the company and I knew they were big Seattle Seahawks, Seahawks fans. Mm-hmm. And so I, I found this, uh, this you know, high res image of the Seattle skyline uh, online, sent it to my buddy who's a decent designer in Photoshop and said, can you just like 
apply some color treatment to this so it matches this company's you know brand and then put a quote from russell wilson the quarterback of the seahawks in the clouds uh and i printed that onto like a four foot canvas shipped it for like almost 100 almost 200 bucks over to seattle with two hard copies of my resume and then they finally called me back for an interview and, and i just want to go on a limb and say i don't advise everyone to spend hundreds of dollars trying to get jobs with companies i knew i was the right person i knew i had the right background and i could sell them on me uh and so i was really confident and it was really one of two companies in the world i wanted to work at at that point in time and so i went that extra length but uh certainly don't advise everyone goes you know goes that far yeah everyone's not going to be able to uh I mean, look, effort is is free, you know what I'm saying? But some of the things you did are not, which is admirable, admirable, because it all came full circle. It all put you in a position, which I'm sure you're very uh, happy to be in. And, you know, speaking of that, I mean, we got to, you know, this is the Raptors 2K podcast. I'd be remiss if we didn't cover how the season is going so far. Like, I would say last season, pretty historic. I don't think anyone's going to debate that. Raptors were whoo, on another level. Admittedly. This season has not started out how you wanted. Picking up a little bit, obviously. Obviously, you mentioned you're looking forward to the ticket tournament. You guys are training for that. But basically, kind of summarize a little bit for us, like, why hasn't this season had the same, you know, level of success early on as last year's? Yeah, so, uh, again, thanks for keeping us on track, Phil, the pro here. Um so last year, as Phil alluded to, we were 16-0. and uh, We won two tournaments on our way. The, the first time we lost a series all season was in the semifinals of the whole league. We lost to the Wizards, and they won the championship. Yep. Um, so we did, you know, one big trade in the offseason because, as you know, you know, there are roles on any NBA 2K League team that are kind of seen as primary roles, and then there are more of like support roles. And so point guard and center would be those two primary roles. So we decided to, to trade Jerry uh, for type just – to get ahead of a budding chemistry issue. There's a lot of leaders. Jerry's a, a leader, Kenny's a leader, Timely Cook is a leader on the team. And you know, when you have a team of six and you have three leaders, it, it can be almost too many cooks in the kitchen. Uh, right. And so we wanted to go and start fresh with some, and again, elite centers don't become available very often. So when type was available, I thought, okay, here's an opportunity. It's, it's another great talent. Uh, doesn't have the same you know baggage that had developed um, with, with one of the other players. And again, not, either of their fault. It just happens. They live together in a gaming house. They went through an intense 2K League season. Both of them were as mature and professional as they could be in every situation, but sometimes it's just not clicking, right? And no no uh, fault of anyone in particular. Yeah. So we do the trade. Type comes in, uh, you know, we're all feeling very optimistic about the season. And as you said, we get blown out of the tip-off tournament. We can't get a win. We're 0-6 to start off the regular season. Just not what anyone expected. Uh, and there's a lot of reasons. You know, I'm, I don't want to sound like I'm making excuses, but every year the, the 2K League build changes. And so our strategy has always been to get players who are versatile, players who have been good for a long time at 2K, not just those kind of flash in a pan, come up through one offseason of pro-am type players. Mm -hmm. Not that there aren't great players who do that and come through that system, but it's just higher risk to me, right? Because you don't know what the league build's going to play like, and you don't know what the next season of the league build's going to play like. So if you're building for the future, you've got to have some versatility there. And so this year was probably the most dramatic shift as far as the league build, you know, not only was it kind of designed to play differently, but we changed platforms. So as you know, we've been on PC for, for the first three seasons of the league. This year we're on PlayStation 5. Yep. And as you know, half the league comes up from Xbox, half the league comes up from PlayStation. And uh, in our case, all of our players were Xbox players. They've been playing Xbox their whole lives, essentially. And so, you know, there was a, a transition uh, and, and it was a little bit uncomfortable for our team initially. Uh, but 
as you were alluding to, and as we'll get to in a moment when we bring the players in for an interview, uh, a month ago or just under, we did a big trade. And so, you know, those Oof, who are 2K fans actually, will huge. know. <laughs> yeah, those those who are 2K fans uh, will already know the story. Those who aren't, just for a little bit of context for you. So we traded Reese Mode, um, who was a huge part of our success last year. He came in as a rookie shooting guard and was shooting the lights out, best shooter in the league last year. Uh, and we traded him, plus we packaged up a second round pick for Dimes, that boy Dimes. Dimes has been the point guard of the Dallas Mavericks, Mavs Gaming, for the first three seasons of the league and then the first half of this season obviously um and he's most famous for having been the first ever first overall draft pick yep he was on the jump he was the guy he was the season yeah. one guy remember <laughs> he was on sports center he was everywhere so yeah. i've been a fan of dimes for a long time we've been following each other and keeping up and you know just wishing each other happy birthday just pleasantries that kind of thing and when he became available it's and, and one thing i'll say about this before we bring the players in phil is it was a really cold trade market this year one of the other things that changed this year is they expanded the playoffs. Uh, so it's 12 teams and they yeah, also split that. us into conferences. So now we have an yep. Eastern conference and a Western conference. And every year there's been the ticket. Uh, and again, we've talked about that, but that's the wild card tournament. So all the non-playoff teams compete for the last spot in the playoffs, basically. This year for latency related reasons, and it makes a ton of sense for a whole bunch of reasons, they've split the ticket into the Eastern ticket and the Western ticket. So now all you need to do is beat the non-playoff teams to get into the playoffs. And that's obviously what we're hoping for. I'll say, you know, our team is playing much different since the trade for Dimes. We came mm -hmm. out in 4-0 the first week. Um, you know, we had a tough go against the Grizz this week, but they're a great team this year, already clinched for the playoffs. And so the point is, is that because there's like such a, a real opportunity to fight your way into the playoffs through the ticket, and because we're playing more games this year, the, the record, you know, playing 28 games, there's a log jam of teams hovering around 500. So nobody wanted to do anything drastic. So it was a really cold trade market, you know, some support players here and there, people looking yep. for future picks, but not much going on. And so being one of the only teams that was kind of shopping and looking for answers, uh, when we came across the fact that Dimes was available and there's, all, you know, I'll just say without being too specific, there was another elite or very good point guard uh, available in the market as well. It was like all of a sudden there's a surplus of point guards and we didn't have to give up that much to to get him in here, to be honest. So not that Reese isn't a fantastic player, but there's a difference between a, a shooting guard, a true shooting guard, and a point guard, right? Well, I mean, point guard is the cute quarterback of the team. I mean, we're, you're not we're not saying anything that everybody doesn't already know. Reese most fantastic, but I mean, dimes is dimes is dimes. You know what I'm saying? Like, just to keep it a hundred. So I think I think that was an excellent trade. And and you mentioned it like right off the bat, you saw the turnaround, you saw the impact, um, and definitely the fact that it just seems like uh, the chemistry for these guys is just not. Uh, doesn't seem like it's going to be an issue. So I think your expectations for the ticket should be set pretty high, um, especially the fact that they split it into Eastern and Western. I think that's pretty sick, actually. Um, you know, I mean, I know I'm on the podcast here. I'm not trying to yeah, sound biased, but I think that I just have a lot of faith in Kenny in general. I think he's godlike. I think Cook is always motivated to do well. I think Dimes is just a terrific talent overall. So I, I think you guys have an excellent chance uh, to do well, what you believe the, this team is capable of. That's the point right there. We got Kenny. Kenny's been our point guard. He was the MVP of the league last year. He set the record yep. for the most records last year. And he's also the most Broken. humble guy in the league. And so when we did the trade for Dimes, I mean, I floated it by him and and it was just, okay, let's do it. You know, that could be the secret, the, 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 the answer to our season kind of thing to turning this thing around. And he was so 
welcoming of moving to the shooting guard, moving to the two guard. And, you know, Dimes, you've heard this from Dimes himself, for those of you following our team closely, you know, he was just um, so excited to come and play with a guy like Kenny, who was so willing to just give him the keys right away and say, you be our point guard now, you know? And honestly, Kenny is such a good player and such a smart mind. He can play any position one through five. I'm convinced of that. And he pretty much has for us over four seasons, but him at the two guard now is incredible. You know, it's just our backcourt punch between Dimes and Kenny. I mean, you know, we still have a lot of 2K to play. We've only played three games, three series. Um, but I think on paper, it's hard to say that there's a better one-two punch in the league between Kenny and Dimes. And I think that 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 change that Kenny made is a little underrated too because that's somebody who has – like think about – I mean, I can name so many. I'm not going to. I can name so many players that they had uh, Kenny's acumen and stats and accomplishments, especially from last year. Dude, they'd have such a big head. They're not they're not moving for anything. This guy puts the team first, and that's those are the kind of people you want on your team because somebody with that record who's that humble is – that's rare. That's rare in my opinion. I'm not just – 2K, that's all esports. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, sports in 100%. general, it's crazy. Even when I didn't know anything about the about 2K and I couldn't scout talent myself, uh, I knew how valuable Kenny was because of how many people came looking for him. You know, came knocking yeah. for trades in the off season and that kind of thing. Kenny is, yeah, he's one of a kind in our league and as you said in esports too. I mean, I got a lot of experience. We were in a dozen different games at Luminosity Gaming and yeah, personalities like Kenny with low ego like him, it's just invaluable to an organization. Love it. All right. Well, with that in mind, again, guys, we're just kind of getting the ropes, you know, getting the ropes here with uh, our, our podcast. So, producer Ed, are you ready with the players to bring them in for, for a little interview with Kenny, Dimes, and Timely Cook? There they are. Caught him off guard. Kenny's just <laughs> finishing gaming. What's going on, boys? Perfect, perfect. perfect. What's up? What's, What's up? What's going on? So, these guys are uh, the original perfect. Still Trill, at least three of them. Uh, Phil, you'll know this. I'll, I'll set it up a little bit, uh, and then you can take it away. But um, the so these guys won the first, or, or I think it was actually the second, but it was anyway. It was called the Road to the All Star. It was a two hundred fifty thousand dollar two K tournament, yep. and I think at the time what nobody knew was the NBA was running these two tournaments for two hundred fifty thousand dollars as a pilot experiment for the two K league. Right. And so that's kind of where this whole thing kicked off. These guys were teammates. They won that tournament, brought home the 250K. And then I think, you know, it was within six months or a year of winning that, that the 2K League was announced. Wait, so so this was like an that was like an official experiment from the NBA themselves before they pulled the trigger on the league. Well, they ran it. Yeah, because, I mean, it was integrated into the All-Star game, right? Like, we'll hear from the guys here, but I know they were, uh, you know, rubbing elbows with NBA players. And I think there's a story from a party that they went to that maybe we'll get out of the guys and see how comfortable they feel here on the podcast today. <laughs> Let it all out, man. Don't – this ain't this ain't the league. That's all I'm going to say, man. Just talk oh, yeah. shit, all right? A, a, quick I, story, a quick story about the nine steel trio. Okay, so I was playing with this guy, H-Towns Capo. This was like 2K 11 days. He uh, recruited me. It was like two trill and things like that. And then later on, when I met up with Time to Cook, he seen me out there like struggling, like carrying the load. He was he was like, "Let me team up with this guy because I can help him." So around like two K fifteen ish, that's when he came around. And then um, yeah, Take Two had hosted these tournaments for two hundred fifty thousand dollars. We qualified for that first one, but we uh, we got knocked out because roster issues and things like that. And on the second one, we was uh, having the same kind of issues with rosters. Like, we was scrambling around, like, winning time. And then that's when um, Dimes had hit us up, you know. Or did, or did we hit you up? 
Tom, it, Tom Lee hit me up. Tom Lee okay, hit me up. we hit up we hit up Dimes because we we needed like a guard and um, Dimes was like, man, I'm a package deal. Uh, it was either you run with me and Swizz or you don't get me. So we had to bring in Swizz with him. And then um, our problem that we always had was we couldn't find a, a keep a center around like a great center. So that's when we brought in like detoxes <laughs> and like like. We didn't even play together for like weeks or nothing. We just like put assembled this team and then we like qualified for that tournament and then we like ran through it. So just thinking about that, it's crazy. Um, and that was that was started us for real. But the funny so, thing, though, this is the yeah, funny thing about detoxies, though. <clears throat> Excuse me. We were we were actually running with a center called Magic, right? And the day of the qualification, like. Magic had left or whatever. I guess he didn't like what we were doing or something. So Detoxies hit me up literally that morning, you know, before the qualifications. I said, man, you know, if you guys ever need a center, you know, hit me up. So we in a party. We, the, the, the qualification started like noon or something. So we're in a party like 1140. I'm like, bro, we're, we, like, we're magic. We're magic, you know. And I'm like, man, this dude just hit me up. Detoxies, like, you know, because we were going to have we weren't going to be able to even play that day. You know, so he come in, we run, we qualify, and you know from there, there on, we just you know was practicing, and you know, that's how he got on the team. So it was actually crazy how he uh, became a part of Steel Trail. Was that? Is there like a? Because I'm not, I'm not familiar with this, but was there like a message board for communication for all y'all back then? Like, how did y'all like even interact? He messaged me through Xbox messages. Xbox. So oh, okay. <laughs> you know, okay. yeah, through Xbox. The that, game. that was the form of communication on uh, Xbox messages. Damn, that's crazy. And, that, yeah. and y'all all came kind of full circle because y'all all played in the league at some point. You know, obviously you guys are still here. It's, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, no, it's crazy. I look to my left and my right and I see these guys. Like, uh, I'm just upset. You know, we weren't able to do that deal early in the season. But, um, you know, we can build something going forward, though. Shane. And shout you, out Detox. Um, shout out Detox. He was, uh, he was a, a Raptor season one. And, um, and you know, it's a testament to him always being there and being Mr. Reliable because he continued to get opportunities in the 2K League. And I think for, for prospects and players out there listening, like you have no idea how many talented players are not in the league right now just because they w couldn't be reliable. You know, they, they couldn't right. do what Detox was doing, you know, out of the game and off the court. And when you're a really good teammate, uh, you know, it, it's amazing how many more doors open to you. So, you know, take that as a, a little bit of advice for anyone who's got aspirations to play in the league or stay in the league. Sure. Definitely. Was was the whole point behind the um because obviously you have the, the still trill relationship. So like when this because I, I guess I'm more talking to Kenny and Cook on this one. Uh Shane brought it up. When when the, the trade became an option to get in dimes, was that even like a question mark or did you guys just want to pull the trigger immediately? Um, obviously it's question marks because you know what we did with Reese last season. You know, you don't yeah. That don't happen. Like seasons like that don't happen. And that's my guy. I still talk to Reese like every day. So of course it was uh questions, but that's when I had to like put that my friendship to the side and like just, you know, observe what's really going on around me. And um I knew Dimes, I knew what he could do. Um if you get the right people around him, he can he's gonna be that that number one overall pick that um that the Mavs took a chance on. You had everything on the head, man. I ain't really got to say too much. You said everything. <laughs> I, re I remember. I feel like, uh, I feel like it's hard to get you to talk sometimes, man. I ain't gonna lie, but you have a I lot be, to say. I be chilling. I be chilling. <laughs> but right now, they they got it. 
I know okay. when to pick it up. They got me right now. <laughs> just to build, just to build on that, I remember the conversation with Kenny. It was about an hour-long conversation about the team and the struggles we were having. And then it was at the very end. And I said to him, like, "All right, Kenny, you got to park your friendships. You got to put your GM cap on. You got to think like beyond next season, but also recognize like we're not giving up on this season. On paper, we have so much talent. There's, you know, we're, we're, we're we potentially could be one move away from from really figuring this thing out. And I said, "What do you think about this trade?" And you know, there is a little bit of uh, you know betting the future because we did give up a second round pick now again dimes you're worth that second round pick all day all night i said coming into this it was a cold trade market and we certainly took advantage of that um but yeah we did have to make that decision you know do we think that if we bring dimes in we could be a team that figures it out and gets ready for the for the ticket and uh you know again that's that's the plan that's what we're all focused on right now well i mean yeah i mean i and i do believe like i remember actually so i specifically made sure because i saw it on twitter i saw the trade and I was like, the hell is this? I got, I just, cause I was just like, dimes left Dallas, you know, to me, that was just a big surprise. And, you know, I was there for season one. So I know how impactful and important it was that you were drafted first number one, you know what I'm saying? Going to Dallas, that was a big ass deal. Um, so when you actually like that trade actually went through, I couldn't believe it. And then I, I made sure I watched that game and y'all just lit it up. Like y'all were immaculate. I was like, damn, this was like the turnaround they was looking for. They looking like that team from last year who went 16 and 0. You know what I'm saying? Got a couple banners. I was like, these boys is hooping again. So I mean, the expectations for the ticket, it's gotta be a W. Like, how confident are you guys going into it? They just got done doing scrims and stuff like that. You hopped on here, which we appreciate. How are y'all feeling going into the ticket? Definitely confident. Um, you know, like. Once we got the trade, like once the trade happened, you know, we all knew what to expect. You know, I'm playing with the guys who I won the most money I've ever won, you know, playing mm -hmm. the game of 2K. So going into it, we're definitely confident. We we played the Nets, we played the Warriors, we beat them, you know, and um, unfortunately lost versus the Grizzlies. But all three of those teams are playoff teams, you know. So those are teams that, you know, are essentially better than the, the teams we'd be playing in the ticket, you know, because you know, record-wise. So um, right. we know what we can do, and we know that teams really don't want to play us. You know, you, you still have that fear of the Raptors' defense because people see what we do, you know, what we've been doing since uh, I've came here, what Kenny is doing in the press, what Tommy is doing. You know, I'm safety, man. So teams really don't want to play us. You know, point guards hate that defense. So uh, we know the kind of fear we put in other teams' heart. You know, um, this was the beginning of season five. We'll be four and two right now. You know, so that's a pretty good spot. So. We're definitely confident going into the uh, to the ticket, and we know teams don't play us. Fact. And and um, and I'll say, uh, oh, go ahead, Cook. Go ahead, go ahead, Shane. Do you think? <laughs> no, no, no. You were you were <laughs> gonna say that this is a rare opportunity. <laughs> Let's hear you. No, I was just about to say, no, nah, we definitely confident because, like you said, man, um, it's a it's a win to go home, man. At, and at this point, we know we're not this team. Um, we feel like we could do something in this ticket, and if we get on that stage, I know what we're gonna do on that stage. So I'm very confident what we going to do in this ticket. And I can't wait for the ticket, to be honest. No. See, Cook, that's exactly what I was going to prime you up for. And uh, as a, a rookie co-host of a podcast, I got to learn to let the guests talk before I chime in. But that's exactly what I was going to say. So, Phil, you know this. The league announced this week that, the, or last week, that the playoffs are going to be in Dallas on land. So we haven't been on land yep. in two years. And if you look at this roster, we got, we got six season one vets on this team. And uh, man, once everybody's out of their comfort zone and suddenly they're not at the same gaming station they've been at all year and they got these guys, you know, barking at them across that stage, like, you know, that's where I think we get an extra advantage as well. So, you know, these guys know what's at stake and, and yeah, let's keep, uh, you know, we're, we're all focused on, on, on getting the ticket next week. Players are going to fold in person. 
I was gonna say Sheba gonna fold one hundred percent. And I I think it's gonna be hilarious to see. Like that's the thing I miss the most about the league is the in person, bro. Because I've been in that studio and seen people. I sat up at that that high that high desk up there up there doing the host and stuff. I would look down and just see people shaking, bro. I was like, that's that's. <laughs> That's that's a damn shame. Like you, you're really not built for this moment. And I know you three, like Kenny, don't seem like nothing ever bother him. And Dimes and Cook, they're just savages. So you know, I, when you say no team really want to see y'all play y'all, I 100 percent believe that it's going to be a problem for some people out there, especially in person. They definitely don't want that. Tommy yeah. Cook standing up, screaming at you. Oh yeah, come on, man, you got him. <laughs> we just got to get there. Come on. man. Not to mention, Dimes would be walking into uh, his old house, the the house that Dimes built. So you know, I think that's more. That's got to be more motivation Ooh. than fear, though, right? You just yeah. want to burn that, burn that down. Yeah, we didn't talk about the storyline, Shane. We already know. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. That just gave me a content idea. We're gonna, yeah. Well, we won't put the cart before the horse. We got a, we got a few days left here to prepare for that ticket. <laughs> but yeah, it'd be nice to roll in there with Dimes and just. Watch you guys throw down on that stage. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, this home court advantage. Still, so, still home court advantage. Boys, this is our podcast. It's the first time we're doing this. There's going to be ten episodes again. Different guests coming in and out across the episodes, um, but it's a chance to tell stories. Does anyone have stories? I mean, not to put anyone on the spot, but dimes. Like again, you were the first ever first overall pick. Like, what was that first season like? Like, what was it like? Your life changing from you were just playing 2K, and you know, I was watching you with Dirk and Rico casting. To all of a sudden, like you're the first overall pick in the NBA 2K league. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, how was my first experience, man? You know, season one. It was a tough, it was a tough season, you know, um, coming into the league and then, you know, going from, you know, 2K17, obviously we won the uh, 250K tournament. Uh, we won tournaments after, you know, and then having a year I had 2K18 um, winning a lot as well. So coming into the actual league, being the first pick or whatever, and then losing, having a losing season, you know, I had never experienced that before. Um, so it was pretty tough. You know, I went through a lot. Um, obviously, I was the leader, the guy, the face of the team. And, you know, I, there's definitely things I could have done better, but I just was so, like, I, I didn't have the knowledge, you know, then. So I, I had to yeah. grow as a leader, as a person, as a teammate, you know, because, like I said, coming from two years of, you know, winning, like, you, you know, every, anything, everything goes well when you're winning. So. You know, having that, you know, the things between Dave Fry and I and, you know, the rest of the team, we just, him and I both, we, we even spoke on it, you know, um, now we speak. And, you know, we, we just didn't know, we didn't know what to do. You know, we were young, we were, that was our first season. We had never done this before. So um, it was definitely an experience for sure that I would have to say about season. Um, a learning experience and knowing how to, Knowing how to lose, it's you know weird as that sounds. So that's what I would right. about season one too. I'd say I mean big by Adam Silver, man. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, it was Adam crazy. Silver, I Red mean, Dime's name, Red his pick. Yeah, it was yeah. crazy, and you know, I I've even seen him after that. You know, um, we we so I did a AT and T event, um, in LA. They flew me out, you know, and. I go out there and I'm speaking on a panel um, just about esports and everything. And, you know, Adam Silver is there. You know, we take pictures and everything and just, 
you know, chat a little bit. So, you know, very, very great guy. And, um, you know, it's just crazy to even be able to say I've done that. You know? So it's just a great experience and um, definitely a blessing to be able to say that. I've definitely seen the maturity between I am red beef was whoo red beef was wild. But I definitely <laughs> see the maturity between all y'all come full circle, which is why I think it just kind of lends itself to why you guys are like veterans and uh why you, you've had such good success and longevity in the league too. Not everybody can say that, you know what I'm saying? One thing I would like to pose a little bit of a, a joke question, but just because I envision the league's gonna be around for a long time. Do you imagine a scenario or a situation where you could see all of Steel Trail on the same roster playing together? Could that ever happen? Would you want it to happen? Mm. I, I well, think it would be a little different, to be honest, because, you know, back then, Kenny was the power forward, you know, and now he's mm -hmm. a shooting guard. So if it was to happen, you know, Swiss would have to be the power forward. And he has played power forward throughout the league um, on the Pacers when that post-shot post, post -shot creator was a thing. But, um, you know, Detox is, isn't, isn't even in the league. So uh, it would definitely be tough. You know, he would have to yeah, come back. Like, and, Detox is slinging real estate down in uh, Margaritaville. Yeah. Yeah, working. That's why. On, on Instagram, <laughs> best of luck with your real estate career, my brother. You're a great dude, so I'm sure uh, in real estate, you know, those, that, that personal charm goes a long way. I'm sure Detox would be very successful at that. We wish yeah. you nothing but the best. Little guy right there. there you yeah, go. no doubt about it. What about you guys, Cook? Kenny, any stories like going back? I mean, you know, four seasons in the league. Uh, I'm gonna let these guys like pick up on it, but um, it, it was when we was in New Orleans, and after we, well, before. It was like when we won the money and, uh, you know, 2K, they flew us out to New Orleans and they had us in this hotel downtown for like a week, like a week straight. And um, we was just walking on the strip and we went to the mall and outside, you know, these guys, <laughs> these guys was playing a game. Um, you can call it the shell game. It's like it's like a three caps and it's like a ball with a board. And, you know, they ask you, like, which find it? For for money, it's gambling, and um, you know I see that a lot back home. So I'm like, when I see guys on the streets hustling, I'm like, nah, we you, it's no chance of you winning that. So now, nah, guys, let's go to the mall. Let's go ahead and do this. But I think this was Cook's first time seeing something like that, and so he saw dollar signs. So he saw easy money because you know he got twenty twenty and everything. So anyway, he was like, nah, wop, come on, come on, come on, I got him, I got him. I'm like, nah, bro, let's go. Like nah, then okay, dude, let's talk because because he's seen. I think they can tell when you're an outsider and you just like maybe a tourist or something. You know what I'm saying? Then because they gonna butter you up, ask you where you from, what's your name, what you doing here, and all that. I think that's when he got cooked because Cook was chatting with him, and then you like you want to try, man. But first, they kind of finesse because his friend that was with him. You know, he went and like he actually like won the money. Like he actually got like a pocket full of money. But, you know, they didn't know that they was working together. But, um, but yeah, we didn't know that. And so Cook tried it. And, you know, long story short, Cook was down like $700, like, in like About 30 a minute. seconds. Yeah, about a minute. <laughs> in like a minute, you know. So we was going to the mall to get him a LeBron jersey. We was about to go and cut up, man. And, you know, my boy was looking sad like that whole <laughs> So I ended up going to Kane's, buying him something to eat, man. He couldn't even buy himself nothing to eat, you know, so. But yeah, it was, it, was, it was tough. That was, yeah, that was bad. Highlight that of was the bad. trip, man. That was yeah, that the was highlight bad. of the trip. That was bad. Sure. And we just won 50, so I, I had to take more chances, man. I tried to get some more, man. 
and end up with nothing. <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> it's a lesson for life, though. It's a lesson for life. I had oh. to take that gamble, though. I had to. I had to. That's funny. <laughs> so go ahead. Tell saying, them, I hope, you don't, the I hope you don't allow them. The who? The D-Wade party. Oh, the party, man. Yeah, hey, man. yeah. Well, I talk the about party. That. Yeah, the party. The party was off the chain. So um, we all went into the party. We went there with Ronnie Two K. But basically, when we get in the party, like it's you look to your left, it's like D Wade, Melo. You got Allen Iverson. You got all these guys. You got legends. Alonzo Mourning. It, it was a private spade party yeah. hosted by yeah. Dwayne Wade. Oh, okay, and Every, you, know, you just yeah. got everybody. Charles Oakley. You just got everybody in there. So it's like. And it was open bar. So, you know, we up there having a good time. Everybody, you know, it's time to get lit for real. So, me personally, I was just so happy to be around these guys because I play basketball and, like, I watch it a lot. So, I just see, like, Clay Thompson and all them. So, me and Kenny, you know, we go to the bar, you know, start drinking, whatever, doing what we do. And, you know, we're trying to get the team to, you know, celebrate. So, you know, my boy Dimes over here. He he the number one he the number one guy. So at this time I want him to turn up, but like you said, we was young. So he ain't really wanna he ain't really wanna turn up how we want him to turn up. So I I don't know, man. Yeah, the experience was, was just great. It was just great, man. The experience was great. <laughs> I can't really give you everything, but I just give you I was gonna say he's holding back. The, we yeah, don't expect yeah, you to. This, we don't expect yeah, everything. The experience was great, though. That's the experience was great. People are gonna be able to run this story, Cuck, so we can't. Yeah, I already know, I already know. That's why I got it. <laughs> Got to talk to Kenny, man. He he, he better. I'll tell you than me, cause I'm gonna give you raw yeah, footage. He's he gonna give you the, the, the right <laughs> stuff to say. You feel me? But it was great. Oh yeah, you know I was kind of starstruck walking around the party, and then it was uh, a little section in the back. I had to get through like some securities, and I seen the guy in the back, man. It was it was dimes over there. I'm like, oh okay, my boy, enjoy it, man. <laughs> nah, it was a fun party for sure. Man. Everybody was there. It was crazy. It was just a good time, and you know we had just won fifty thousand dollars each. You know, D Wade party, uh, New Orleans All Star weekend. So All Star yeah, that's what I Yeah, I still got a lot of them pictures too. That's incredible. I, 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 I would imagine. Yeah, I would imagine moments like that. I mean, those are just kind of like those those iconic moments that y'all just make. You're just gonna cherish. Uh, really for the rest of your life, because, I mean, not a lot of people, especially fans of the game, can say they've ever been to a D-Wade exclusive party. You know, I'm over here. I'm jealous. This was years ago, and I still wish I had found a way in. But it is what it is. But I, I feel like y'all have plenty more memories uh, to make. Honestly, starting with the ticket, which I would like to just say, first and foremost, wishing y'all uh, the best of luck with that. I know the preparation is going to be real and intense. Uh, but I know y'all going to deliver, because I, I honestly, I think this team, like just the fact that all y'all are veterans – uh, you seem to play for each other, and you know other people are shook from you. That's 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 all you really need, bro. Like the the level of confidence I see from y'all three, you know, I'm I'm proud to sit here and be a brother with one of you. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Appreciate it, and, quick, and it's you know our last saying? chance. It's our last chance. <laughs> exactly, I mean, we know that. Yeah. So it's it's what it's, and the story is writing itself. I mean, you know, it's the move we did to prepare for the ticket, and uh, it's funny now seeing dimes here in Toronto as a Raptor. I mean, it almost feels like I always knew it was going to be the case in hindsight. Like it just feels like it fits and it works and it and it makes so much sense. And you know, I, I got uh, a lot of hope. So, guys, last question uh, before we break. I can see that my my Uber Eats is almost delivered. Um, so this is the new podcast series. We're going to be bringing on a lot of people. Uh, you know, ex-players, current players, anyone who's who's kind of interested uh, in coming on and telling stories about the 2K League. So 
you know, I guess each of you, who, who's your funniest teammate that you've played with? Because um, I'm looking for ideas for people to invite to come come on the podcast. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe I'll, I'll start with uh, you, Cook. Who's your funniest teammate you ever played with? Oh, my, my funniest teammate by far is my boy, um, Coat. Like, Coat is the funniest guy I've been around. He's oh, it's hilarious. That's like, he, he, I don't know. Like, he's just different. Um, Coat just full of energy, but he's like funny. He just random too. Like, he just come out of nowhere and just say something. Like, Coat just one of them. And he's a great teammate. So, like, Coat is definitely my funniest teammate. Um, that dude is hilarious. You got to know him to understand it, though. And you guys, you guys in season one lived in a big mansion in California in Sacramento, like kind of like the you guys have at the Bell Five House. But you guys, I remember the whole thing at that mansion was like pool in the backyard, like sunny every day. Uh, but then I heard yeah. you had internet issues and stuff. So it was a great mansion, but maybe not the best gaming house. Yeah, probably not the best game house, but definitely the house. It was Liddy. <laughs> what about you, Dimes? Funniest teammate. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. This one is easy. Uh, Sleety's by far. Um, very energe- energetic little guy. You know, um, I think he has become even more funny because he's little and he's always doing something stupid. Um, great guy for a team. Great guy for a uh, great locker room guy. Um, Bob's will never be low. You know, no matter what's going on with them around. Um, very funny guy and um, always the the life of the party. So Sleety's by far. What about you, Kenny? How about you, Kenny? Yeah, for me, hands down, my funniest teammate, uh, who always like kept me like laughing and things, was King Quay. Uh, dude, oh, <laughs> dude is one. Quay. Yeah, <laughs> Quay, Quay is one of a kind. Uh, you know, even if if we going out somewhere, like he always going like do something or say something. And he got jokes for days, and he he say some stuff like you were not even thinking of, like what, like what are you talking about, dude? But um, this one guy. <laughs> Who is who? I always kept the locker room laughing at something. Yeah, Quay Quay was one of a kind. We had him here for a couple of years for two seasons uh, with Raptors Uprising, and man, he kept me laughing too. And and I got such you know limited exp- exposure to him compared to Kenny because Kenny's living with him in a house every day. But every time we were with him, like like you said, that guy, his brain is just going at a different clip than everyone else's. He sees <laughs> things and he spots opportunities to make jokes about things that like, you would never you would never c- come up with yourself. <laughs> Uh, but he always absolutely nails it. It's hilarious. Yeah, I can he was, co-sign that. Those those hotel lobbies at the end of like seasons one, two is just yeah, hilarious, yeah. bro. Just, just <laughs> after yeah. the game, just chilling down there. Just, just, that was a vibe. <laughs> he was like my favorite player on the team and also the most challenging guy I had to deal with on the team because, you know, Quay is – he's one of a kind. I remember one time I was like, you know, whatever, getting mad at the guys for something in the, in the team chat. We're in New York. And I'm um, writing something in the in the group chat about what they got to do differently or, or, or where we got to be or whatever. And I remember he just responds with the Miss Finster, uh, the little snitch kid from uh, recess writing on the thing. And he thought I didn't know what that was. Like, he thought I was older and I, I, didn't, I don't know recess. So he put that in there and I'm like, I'm like, oh, yeah, Quay, like you got something to say, Quay? And he's like, no, just taking notes, sir. <laughs> and I'm like, Yo, I'm like, what's your hotel room number? And he's like, you know, 1034 or whatever. I'll be right up. And then he's like, okay. And then I remember we went up there and we had it out with each other. But uh, man, yeah, we, there's a reason we brought him back. And he's a great talent. I would love to see him back in the league at some point because he brings a lot to a team. He brings a lot to a locker room and, and to a gaming house. Well, I don't know if you guys just heard that, but my doorbell just rang, which means my Uber Eats is here and I've got to go grab it. Um, Any last words, any last thoughts? Otherwise, appreciate you guys coming on. 
Uh, appreciate appreciate you having me. Good luck with this 2K podcast. Uh, you know, shout out to Uber Eats for getting us right. Kenny, I have no idea what I'm doing, and I talk too much and too fast, but we got the pro fill here, so hopefully this thing gets going smooth here after we get a couple podcasts under our belt. I'm going to go back, listen to this one, and probably cut like 20% of it out. But uh, Phil, (laughs) that's a good segue to you. Yeah, we got got good talent. It's it's easy when you got um when you got homies and people you can just vibe with, have good conversation and you know the audience will appreciate that. Just let it flow. And uh yeah, man, again, shouts to Uber Eats for putting this on. Thank you, Kenny Dimes and Timely Cook for taking time out of your day. Shane and I really gonna thank you because it's your job. Uh but other than that, <laughs> fantastic podcast and we appreciate it. And we'll definitely see you on the next one because we got at least ten of these we want to put on. So make sure you lock in because we got more to come. As mentioned on today's podcast, the Uber Pass gets you free delivery on restaurants and groceries, as well as rides perks. So be sure to check out the Uber Pass in your Uber and Uber Eats apps for a great deal.